I've gathered you here because I have an important announcement. This is the last episode of The Simpsons. It's been a good run. Ah, just kidding. The Simpsons will never end. But I do have bad news. If you're seeing this, something has gone horribly, horribly wrong. Or you're watching the international version. In either case, I have three minutes to fill. And I can think of no better way to fill that time than to throw my hat into the ring for U.S. president. I have no previous experience, no endorsements, and no idea when the election is. That makes me the most qualified, by far. All right, hello and welcome to another edition of the Kentucky Dad Podcast. Big Blue Drew here with you tonight. It is like Monday, September 29th. All kinds of stuff is going down tonight. Got the Calipari and Chris Mack stuff heating up right now. So that's kind of what's going on at this very moment. But I'm really excited for our guest this week. It was a recommendation from our very first guest, TJ Beisner. Um, I reached out to him and he said that this person would be great. So today we have the head strength and conditioning coach of the men's basketball program at Kentucky. So Rob Harris is on with us. So Rob, man, thank you for joining me. Man, not a problem. It's definitely a pleasure to, you know, be here, be doing this, and, you know, get the chance to to talk to you, brother. Good, man. Like I said, on this one, so we, we chatted a little bit before, we, you know, we, we got going, and this one's a little different, man. I, I, it's going to be hard for me not to ask you any sports questions, but we do our best to stay away from that, man, and just kind of talk about our roles as fathers and kind of how that, I guess, incorporates into Kentucky sports, but I know a lot of us have uh, similar challenges and stuff, but you know how it rolls, though? I think I teed you up. We always start with uh, my kind of our favorite TV or movie dad, and I struggled a little bit this week myself because this is now, I think, my 17th one. I'm trying to do different ones. Um, so I'm just going to pay homage to, I think, one of the most classic TV dads. It's not necessarily – I did like the show The Simpsons. Um, it's okay and everything. Not one of my favorites. But Homer Simpson is just an iconic TV dad. I think, you know, whether you like that show or not, probably, you know, up there is one of the more recognized ones. So I'm going to do Homer Simpson today. But uh, who, who did you bring, Rob? Who was your favorite or, like – you know, any TV dad or something that you see yourself in? So when I asked uh, my wife and my two daughters that question, the person they brought up was Andre Johnson, the dad from Blackish, the TV show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that is who I'm bringing to the table. And reason being, he and I are very similar as far as like, you know, growing up in the hood and basically making it out, being successful in our life journey and career, being great husbands and fathers. And then um, also he's very embarrassing. <laughs> and so I'm very embarrassing to my family, as they say. I don't think I am, but you know, um, that and he has one heck of a shoe collection, which is <laughs> something that I uh, enjoy as well and at the end of the day he's like the fun dad to be around you know what I'm saying yeah I was gonna say I haven't seen a lot of that show but I've seen enough of it to know yeah he's definitely goofs around and he's kind of the life of the party and not afraid to embarrass his kids I know I remember uh, watching that a few times so that's good and um, you mentioned too I want to hear more about the shoes also but just kind of talking about um, where you came from and your career I know I was kind of looking up your bio because to be honest I didn't I didn't know a ton myself so um, correct me on anything that's wrong here, but I know you, so you're now in your, your fourth season as the head coach, the head strength and conditioning coach of men's basketball, like your sixth season total. And I know it's kind of reading through your bio today. I know you spent time with the Bengals, Arkansas, and that um, you graduated from K-State in 09. So it leads me to believe we're about the exact same age, but I did not see where you're from. So I love to, man, just start from the beginning and, 
you know, tell us your story and, you know, how you became in Kentucky and your family and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this is actually, this season will actually be my seventh season mm -hmm. total here. So that's definitely been a blessing to work with Cal and just the guys that I've been able to, you know, train and mm -hmm. work with and mentor over those, those years. But and I'm originally from Louisville, Kentucky. Ah, uh, okay. Man, okay, I got to stop you real quick then, because if you graduated from K-State in 09, I'm from Louisville, uh, where'd you go to high school? So I went to the best high school in the entire state of Kentucky, all 120 counties. There's only one school oh my God. that's the best school in the entire state, and that is DuPont Manual High School. <laughs> nice. Okay, good for you. So we definitely know a lot of the same people. I'll, I'll save the listeners from having me to having a real through there, but cool, man. Yeah, I know a lot of people that went to Manual and stuff, so so that's neat. All right, man, sorry to interrupt you, though. So from Louisville, I didn't know that. Yep, 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 from Louisville. Like I said, I played uh, football there at Manual. Played a little basketball um, for a little bit, ran a little bit of track as well, but you know, I actually found my love for strength and conditioning when I was a sophomore at Manuel. Um, so funny or cool story. Well, I guess it wasn't cool then, but um, I actually didn't, I didn't take my academics seriously uh, for the beginning of my sophomore year. And so I was forced to actually sit out most of the sophomore season. So I would go to practice and just lift in the weight room every single day. And that's kind of where I got my love for strength and conditioning. And, you know, after that, went on to K-State, played a little ball there. And, you know, I knew that I wanted to be a strength coach, but, you know, we didn't have a strength coach at K-State. So, man, I got on every single night and just emailed and looked up all the different strength coaches around, like, Tennessee, Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, and just emailed all of them, reached out and would take trips and visit and shadow. But um, back when, oh, I think it was Randall Cobb's soft, sophomore year, during that time, <clears throat> I was able to uh, volunteer as a strength coach with UK. So uh, it's funny that I'm here now, because that's actually where I got my start in strength and conditioning. Like my very first taste of it was in the UK uh, weight room. And I think that was oh, it might've been oh nine, oh eight or oh nine, something like that. And, uh, you know, man, I was leaving Frankfurt at four in the morning to make it to Lexington on time. And, you know, from there, I just, I went on and went to, where'd I go? I went to Columbus and volunteered and interned with Ohio State with their program and then the Bengals and then Arkansas and then just full circle, you know, basically back home, you know, back here in uh, Kentucky, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm a Kentucky, Kentucky boy through and through. <laughs> nice, man. I, I guess I didn't realize that again, that you, that you started here and you're right. You have kind of came full circle and good for you. I think cause you hear kind of a little bit more of people obviously wanting to get into the coaching ranks and kind of, you know, taking your path, which is very hard to do, but you seem to have narrowed down specifically, which really helped you in the long run because, and I meant to mention this at the very beginning. So if you're listening to the podcast and maybe you're, you, you're not putting like a face 
um, to the name with Rob. Just Google Rob Harris UK and you'll see his face because you're a staple point of the bench, man. Like as soon as I, you know, my wife kind of asked sometimes who I'm talking to and I showed, oh yeah, everyone knows you from being on the bench. So that is, I mean, just kind of an amazing story when I hear you talk about it. What about why, why strength and conditioning, Rob? Is it just something that like you like motivating people? You just like the, the science and anatomy behind it or is it like a mixture of the two or what? You know what? I think it is, uh, I think it's a little bit of the mixture of the two because like for me, you know, I just, I'm a competitive person by nature. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, as you get older, like working out is something you can do until you're, you know, 50, 60, 70, basically, however, whatever age you are, you can train. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not always going to be able to play football recreationally or, you know, your body might not allow you to play basketball recreationally or, you know, oh, things I know like that. that. <laughs> I but, played uh, at spotting for a little bit and I say that I'm 30, so I'm 30, well, God, I'm 33 now, so how are you about the same, right? Yeah, I'm 34. I'll be 35 in December. Man, I really noticed after like just kind of maybe a year after my 30th birthday, man, that metabolism starts slowing down and I, I love right. basketball and I, I couldn't, there's no way in hell I could play basketball probably two, three days in a row now. And back, you know, five, six years ago, that was nothing. Yeah, 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 definitely for sure, man. But, you know, I just I always um, enjoy the transformations that I can do with the body. You know what I'm saying? And so when I got into strength and conditioning and started to see how much the athletes are around their, their strength coach and seeing how, you know, I could really help and be an impact, not just with their bodies, but just with mental preparation for the game, for life, you know what I'm saying? Like just being good husbands, fathers, like just really good citizens, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it, it, this definitely goes beyond the lines of the game and the minutes that are played in the game. You know what I'm saying? For me and just really building those relationships. I mean, those guys spend tons and tons of hours with me during their time here. Like whether it was when I was at Arkansas, whether I was with, you know, the Bengals. I mean, there, there's days when I just enjoy sitting down and having conversations with these guys and, learning about them and their backgrounds and what drives them and things like that. So, you know, I think that's the, the biggest thing that stood out to me when I started to get into this career. I think it goes without saying, Rob, too, that like, you know, you could be the best strength and conditioning coach on the planet. And, you know, John Calipari is not going to have you on a staff unless you are committed to the things you just talked about you know, doing things the right way, setting these kids up, you know, when they leave Kentucky to be good men off the court. And I was definitely thinking about a lot today in preparation to speaking with you, like you have to know the players uh, as well or better than probably anybody, because not only do you, like you said, you spend all those hours with them, but you know, I've played enough sports and been around the guys to know that the weight room and stuff is typically where you let loose. And that's kind of a more intimate spot, you know, where you're, I guess yourself more, um, so I'm sure you get to see a lot of their personalities. And again, I try to shy away from asking sports questions, but since I have you, I got it. I'm just going to do this one quick and then we can kind of move on to the dad stuff. But so again, you, this would be your seventh season, like you mentioned. So how does this team that we don't know much about, like just in your experience kind of compare to others and like, do you have any expectations for them? Uh, you know what, man? Um, I think this team, just as others are, great human beings 
You know what I'm saying? I think that Cal and the staff does a heck of a job of recruiting good young men. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Before they are an athlete. And I think that this squad is, is great with that. I think the camaraderie between each other um, has been really well it, with the circumstances that are we're, we're dealing with as far as, you know, early on not being able to work out with groups. You know what I'm saying? It's more like one-on-one and spread out type of work and things like that. Right. But I think this group is very, very athletic. You know, at, to me, looking at every position from top to bottom, I think that it's probably one of the more athletic teams that I've seen since I've been here. Mm. You know, but how how they how they're gonna do? Who knows? You know, we always will will struggle early on. But sure. the beauty in Coach Cal and the staff is they always get the guys prepared by the end of the year, and by the time they leave here, as you can see now, I mean we've got a finals full of Coach Cal's guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's been amazing. So for for me, I guess I started covering the team like 2018 ish. I guess so. Um, I followed the team through the 2019 tournament and it being my first time really seeing that turnover and I, I try to tell this story a lot and I don't know if it makes sense but like me just having some access to you know Tyler Hero and just asking him questions and like it seemed I mean that was like 18 months ago and now I just look at what he's accomplishing and me and my daughter who's uh, she'll be 13 here um, in a few months like she's been really getting into it and, and she's been kind of thinking the same thing it's just amazing how how fast these things change um, for these guys and what a great job you really do preparing them because you talked about recruiting the good people and over the, over the tenure here, you know, we're getting a decade plus with Cal, you know, there's been so many recruits that fans, you know, just oh, put their hands in their face. They were just so upset that we missed, you know, how are we missing on this guy, that guy. And so many mm-hmm. times, Rob, you end up a year later and every time they're like, you know what, that was probably for the best. Yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. And I mean, like I say, it all goes with the character that Cal recruits. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I get a lot of text messages like, you know, I, I'm, did you know such and such is going to be this good? Or like sometimes I'll get scouts that will text me because scouts mm-hmm. blow me up during the draft process. You know, oh, asking about that. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I definitely could see that. Yeah, asking about the guys. And so, you know, I'm always getting those, man, you were right about this guy. He's done. I'm like, yeah, I told you. You know, I mean, when you're on a team that has uh, a group that were the main guy in high school, and then you get all those guys to play collectively together, like you're not going to see everyone's full potential that they can necessarily do on the court because it's, you know, it's not a – and not to down talk – but the most recent deal or situation that I can think of is like uh, Anthony Edwards at, at Georgia. You know what I mean? He was able to showcase all of his talent because everything went through him. You know what I mean? He was a star player. I mean, we have star players that play collectively together, you know? So it's, uh, it's amazing to see that those guys growth and just the confidence that they build and they build that themselves while they're here you know in the gym whether it's with me in the weight room or just the extra work that they get on the court you know it's 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 a good sign when I walk into work at 
you know, six, seven in the morning and you get guys that's already in the gym and full sweat getting up shots. You know what I mean? Something else that's always amazed me in, you know, the Calipari tenure and really if you can even go beyond that, but especially in the Cal tenure is that none of these guys have gotten in trouble, knock on wood. And that's not a knock on any player that's came through here. But I mean, you put, you have, you know, whatever 55 star players that come here, you know, 17, 18, 19 year old kids, they're used to being the man in whatever city they're from, which, you know, oftentimes can kind of get them in trouble. And that has just been remarkable to me because I wouldn't even knock the kid. I mean, everyone gets kind of in trouble in college and makes mistakes. So just the way that you guys have been able to not only attract the right people there, but keep them on a, you know, a straight and narrow when they're here, it, again, is just nothing short of remarkable to me because I don't know that there's any other university that could say that, knock on wood. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you got you to, you really got to give big ups to, to Cal, man. He, he, I think he's one of the best to ever do it, you know, in the, in the college basketball game. Agreed, agreed. All right, man, we'll move on from the sports stuff. That was, that was much appreciated. I was especially excited to hear about how athletic this team is, which I think most of us anticipated, but it's nice to hear from the best source. Um, but all right, man, we got a couple of segments that we do on the show, and I'm going to introduce a new one tonight, and I was really excited about this one because almost every time, man, when I get a dad on here, or we've had a, a mom too, but it's always like weeknight, you know, we got to try to do a little later because we have kids, right? So they got to get to bed and everyone has their routine. We're always kind of rushing to get on. So one of the questions I'm going to start asking people is, um, so what did the family do for dinner tonight? What did y'all do for dinner? Tonight we actually had, um, we had spaghetti that was actually prepared by my 13-year-old daughter. Ah, nice. That nice. is her, her specialty. She made her world-famous <laughs> Anaya spaghetti and it was amazing nice man I didn't realize uh you had a, a 13 year old dog I said mine, mine will be 13 here soon so are you in are you in Lexington or Louisville no I'm in Lexington okay all right yeah same yeah. you gotta get the work over. so you have two daughters so I know Anaya and then how old your other daughter uh Leah she is she's 10 years old okay so Anaya she's my uh she is musically inclined and artsy and then Alea, she is my sporty one. She's the one okay. that likes to play soccer, basketball, um, any sport that you can think of. And she's very, very, very competitive. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. So you get a little bit of both spectrums there. Cool. Yeah. Um, all right, another segment that we do on the show that we've been doing for a little bit, a little while now. I'm interested to talk to you since you know, kind of like fitness and stuff. I guess is a big part of your life. So the question is. Um, in your just normal, regular routine, so throughout, you know, a month or whatever, do you drink more soda, water, or alcohol? So I drink um, a gallon of water a day. Mm. No matter what day it is, I'm always getting a gallon of water a day in. And, I mean, being from Kentucky, obviously on the weekends, I got to have a good bourbon. <laughs> um, you know, definitely I'm – I'm disappointed in the weather change because, you know, now it's time to get off the back porch at night because it's chilly. But there's nothing like a Friday night back porch bourbon watching the sunset. All right. Well, I, I, work, I can work in a perfect shout out for my brother now because he's a huge gym rat. His name on Twitter is actually Jim Dad. So it's perfect tie in um, for you being on. But he's huge into bourbon. So I'll, I'll just ask you and I won't know because I'm not as into it as him. But what is your favorite bourbon? <laughs> You know what? I don't have a favorite, but um, if I had a go-to, I would say 
Woodford would be my number one and Elijah Craig would be number two. Oh man, that's going to be music to their ears because where it starts for us is my dad actually works at Brown Foreman, which is okay. Woodford. So he gets a little allowance and gets to treat us every now and then. So um, Woodford is definitely probably one of ours too. So cool. Uh, and you'll be proud of me too, Rod, because I started, um, I was just put this on Twitter. I think like yesterday, actually, I was talking to people, um, but probably, I don't know, about three or four months ago, I work in like an office setting. So we have like water cooler, you know, and I've been just for, I wouldn't say forcing because I actually enjoy it now, but I've been trying to get close to a hundred ounces in every day. And um, despite having to go to the bathroom, like, all the time, I feel so much better, man. Even if I get less sleep, like, so I'm such a big proponent now of, like, water just being, like, got to be in the daily routine. Yeah, man. And for me, I try to I try to cut the water off around 5 p.m. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm, I, if I'm going to bed around 10, 11, you know, man, I, I'm still waking up every, every couple of hours and going to the restroom. Yeah, stuff, that's where so. I am here. I'm the same way, man, because I like soda, too. So that's my big vice, and I'm trying to cut it out. So if I'm drinking 100, you know, or close to it at work, I'm definitely going to come home and have a little soda. So I got to I gotta start cutting it off, too. But um, So one thing, too, Rob, that we always do, and I always like to give people the opportunity um, to talk about, you know, who was influential in your life, like, um, you know, father figures, anything like that. I mean, you kind of mentioned coming up from a tougher background and then just grinding and hustling to, you know, make something amazing of yourself. Um, so just, man, the floor is yours. Like any father figures or just kind of your stories growing up that, you know, shaped you into who you are today? Yeah. So honestly, the, the biggest influence in my life was, was my mom. My mom is, uh, you know, like you said, putting a face with who I am. And, you know, you pointed out to your wife on the guy on the bench. Like if you, you see me, you see my, my height and you know that I'm definitely, uh, vertically challenged i'm not gonna say short i'm just vertically challenged as well um but you know having that short stature my mother was the same way my mother's only 4 11 and then she was a captain in the army okay. uh, and she you know served in the army for for 20 plus years so that she's already a, a double minority being a black woman you know what i'm saying and so to make it through the ranks of the military was that was that was pretty dope to see and then also she was um or is a minister in the southern baptist uh area where you know they didn't really believe in women being in the pulpit and preaching the gospel and things like that and so to see her like fight through those different things um and just see her journey through and still making it out on top like, just let me know. I could do literally whatever that I put my mind to and focused in on and just could literally get through whatever. And so she was definitely, um, she was definitely that person for me. And then also, you know, my favorite person of history of all time is uh, Muhammad Ali. Hmm. So, you know, I got to definitely give props to, to him uh, what he what he did for just uh, racial equality, uh, what he did for this whole state of Kentucky, representing the state very well. And, you know, I think his uh, confidence also is, is what I enjoyed about him as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And being from Louisville, too, man, it's just something you can't put into words, I guess, unless you're talking to someone, you know, that's from Louisville also. But just it's amazing to me. And just like kind of unfathomable how it happened, but like I feel like so much of us 
like carry his swag. And there's just such like a thing about people that are from Louisville that I kind of feel like mirror his confidence in certain ways. And I got to get this in here too, since you mentioned Muhammad Ali, we were just watching Jeopardy. Oh, I didn't say too. We, we were Taco Tuesday. Mine was easy. We uh, just okay. made it simple Taco Tuesday. Um, so we were eating dinner and I was watching like a rerun of Jeopardy. And they asked, it was a very simple question. What is Muhammad Ali's hometown? Not only did it, no one knew, no one even rang in. I was cussing up a storm. Like I got, I got yelled at. I cussed so much. I was like, that would seem like a layup. Obviously, didn't know, not even a guess. Um, you kind of touched a little bit on this too, and, and definitely with Muhammad Ali. And I think maybe a good transition to that is like I think anyone that knows his story, you know, knows a lot of what he was doing wasn't necessarily looked at the same way that it is now, and he wasn't, you know, pretty much universally recognized as a. a you know, a great person and a, a good role model. And I know that, man, being from Louisville and Kentucky and just in this country in general, there's a lot of stuff going on with social injustice. I know I live just a mile from downtown. So I've been kind of joking that, you know, my son's never going to be able to get to sleep without the helicopters and stuff over the last, what's well, going on 150 days. So I know the team's been involved a little bit of that. I've seen, you know, messages that you've put out. So just how is, I guess, is it been just dealing with COVID and, you know, especially this, this racial um, injustice and just kind of fighting for social justice in general, especially bringing most of these kids, you know, from other places in the country. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's been good. You know, we, I, I have different conversations with the guys and just kind of, you know, we'll get their feelings on things and kind of how they feel about situations and, um, you know, just what's going on, things that they have probably been through themselves. You know, I know I, had experienced a lot of different racial injustice situations with law enforcement, with other people, um, you know, and I think that it's, it's something that <clears throat> people just try to ignore, but it's not really something you, you, you can't ignore. You know, you can't just sweep something under the rug because it's always going to be there. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, and I think you, you just have to face it head on and I try to just have those uncomfortable conversations with people that have different views than me and you know I think that's kind of where you can start with change and you know you can you're not going to change somebody's mind overnight and maybe changing their mind isn't going to be you know your ultimate goal but you know trying to get them to see like just because you see things one way doesn't make it wrong you know what i mean because i think it's wrong doesn't mean that it's actually wrong we just see things differently um so i think when people are more open to discussing the things that are going on and being realistic and understanding <clears throat> that there are things that are happening to you know different minorities around the country not just you know here in the state um and you know people who don't have to to experience it think well okay it doesn't affect me so it's not a problem you know um and so i think just just getting people to recognize speak on it and just admit that things are just a, a little bit messed up you know i mean i think we we so many people fight to be black lives matter all lives matter police and you know you, you fight for you got donald trump you got biden supporters and all this other kind of stuff and it's almost like everybody has to pick this side this side as opposed to just like 
being together and coming together and literally becoming like the greatest um, society that it's ever been. You know what I mean? Just working together, just like a team. A team is made up of guys from different backgrounds, but they work together for one common goal. You know what I'm saying? And the best teams are the ones that work together, uh, build relationships with each other on the and off the court. You know what I mean? So I think that's kind of what our country needs. Exactly how you described it, man. It's kind of the journey that I'm on. And I think, you know, I always consider myself to be a pretty, you know, open-minded person and didn't really have any prejudices. But I've learned over the last six months or so is that like, there's so much that I don't understand and that I don't um, ever think about because it doesn't impact me. You know, I can't, I can't say, I can't, you know, know how somebody feels, you know, that's not me. Like just as an example, um, I know someone um, that works downtown and um, he's a white guy, went to work, you know, they, you know, they're checking stuff down there, showed his IDs, work shirt, he was good to go. And then there was another gentleman that he works with, black guy came down, got a, a huge hard time. You know, they wanted to get a letter from him, threatened to not let him through. And just, you know, it was just, just so many different examples like that to where it's just, there's, it's just not, it's just not fair. And then, like you said, I'm just glad that it's being drawn attention to it. And if nothing else, people can just acknowledge that maybe that, you know, they don't, they don't understand and maybe things aren't exactly how they appear. And I think it's yeah. going to be a common theme, man. I think is you guys are going to go all over the country. All eyes are always on Kentucky and I'm sure there'll be opportunities, uh, you know, for this year's team to kind of speak up and speak out and I'm all for it. Yeah, definitely, man. It's, 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 it's something I think that, that people need and the fact that it's making a lot of people uncomfortable. I mean, I think that it's almost doing what needs to, to be done is, is kind of, you know, I mean, when you're uncomfortable, that's kind of really how you grow. You know, I mean, I tell our guys all the time when, you know, you're squatting and, you know, you're like, oh, this is, you know, too much weight or when I make you uncomfortable in the weight room. I'm helping your muscles grow and I'm helping you be a better athlete. Yeah. I was going to say, bro, your, your uncomfortable is probably a lot different. Cause I think usually that's meant as like a mental thing, you know, to get you mentally un you know, out of your comfort zone. But man, I bet you can uh, physically get some people uncomfortable too. Had one more kind of sports, like a little, little question. And I don't know if people ask you this a lot or not, but uh, can you pinpoint the strongest player? Would you say at the university of Kentucky, um, since you arrived and not necessarily either like can lift the most pounds, you would know better than me, the terminology, but maybe like, maybe a boxing term, like pound for pound, strongest person. Yeah. Pound for pound. Um, this, the, I've got two people, uh, one being Ashton Hagens and the other being Alex Porthers. Wow. Okay. That was too, man. That was, I wouldn't have expected either of those. You know, I mean, when you, when you talk about, Pound for pound. Um, I mean, obviously, Bam was, you know, a freak of nature. Um, really, really, really strong. But, you know, when it comes to, like you say, pound for pound, I've got to throw Ashton and Alex Poitras sitting there. So, got, got those two guys. And, I mean, I'm not going to give it away now, but they're, one of these guys on this team is probably going to end up uh, taking that throne, though, oh, when wow. it's all said and done. I'm gonna have to spin my wheels on on who it might be. Then what about? Uh, I won't ask who's the weakest player. But I was gonna ask him. What about? Um, I think a cool question to ask you would be like, can you think of anybody maybe that had the most growth? So you know, I think they could have been you know nowhere near anyone else at the end, but just that you saw like put in the most work and maybe see them. I guess it'd be gains. Saw the most gains. Man, you know what, Drew? There's been so many. 
that I can't really pinpoint uh, one. Uh, I know for sure uh, Tyler Eulis was was one. Um, Briscoe, as far as like a body transformation, he he's he will he was a guy as well. Um, Nate Sestina was he was one who I mean completely transformed his body, got a little bit faster, a little bit more agile. Um, Tyler Hero actually is 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 a guy I'm gonna put in there, and I'm gonna put him in there because um, Tyler was a guy who. He didn't like eating breakfast. And so in the summertime, I make sure all our guys eat breakfast together as a team. And the funny thing with him was he would literally sit there and <laughs> look at the food and just, you know, he wasn't used to eating breakfast. So it was a struggle for him. And I used to tell him, Tyler, you're not getting up from this table. It was kind of like a parent talking to their six-year-old that didn't want to eat their peas on their plate. So I say, Tyler, you're not getting up from this table. You're not moving on with your day until you eat breakfast. And so it was uh, slowly but surely by the end of the summer, you know, got him to eating, fueling his body. And uh, I mean, it, it, it really helped. You know what I mean? Like people don't recognize things like that. They think everything to, about my job is just getting guys strong and big. And one, that's that's not the game of basketball. But, you know, getting them obviously strong, being able to be injury resilient and fueling their bodies the right way. So that that's, that was Tyler's big growth right there. Um, he, he really did change and he worked like he was a gym rat. Like he was somebody who would want to lift every single day. He wanted to work out every single day and not take a day off. Uh, so, you know, eating for him was definitely of importance. Let me ask you this. I just talked about this yesterday. So one thing I noticed whenever, so when I covered Tyler Hero that I think got missed in like translation and I really even think now. So like when I was always on floor level with them, especially if it was like a shoot around type situation, you know, they're like wearing the short shorts and stuff these days. Every time I covered him, I would notice just how jacked his quadriceps are and you know, the muscle all the way down to his knee and he never got credit and probably still doesn't for his athleticism and just how he can rebound with bigs. He can stay low on defense. So did he just have abnormal leg strength or what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think he, you know, he did. He, he's somebody who uh, came like upper body wise. He's not that, you know, strong in, in that realm, but lower body, you know, was something that was easy to develop for him during his time here. Um, and hopefully, you know, what, what they're doing down there in Miami with him. But he, uh, I mean, he, his lower body strength was like second to none, especially when you compare it to his upper body strength. Like, dude's lower body strength was amazing. His biggest thing was that's gotten a whole lot better um, was his mobility. Like, his, he was really tight in his hips. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the fact that, we, we worked on that um, while we were here, and I've seen it, that it's gotten better as well since he's been in the NBA. But, uh, I mean, Tyler struggled to play defense early on. But the, the better we got with his hips and the stronger his legs got, I mean, the better he is defensively. I don't, I don't know if anybody remembers one of his best games um, 
to me was when we played Wofford in that mm-hmm. tournament. Yes. Um, I mean, you had a guy who had the NCAA record for what most three pointers in a yeah, career. Uh, I remember watching him play. His name's escaping me now. I remember watching him him warm up down there in uh, Tampa, though. Yeah, and so you know, Tyler played him for <clears throat> the full forty minutes, and I don't even think the guy scored a point. You know what I'm saying? Fletcher, Fletcher McGee. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. had a lightning quick release. And I'm glad you brought that game up because I'll, I'll go to my grave saying that, like, that game was so underrated. I took photography that game. I was on the floor. And I, that whole tournament run, I mean, the, the Tennessee-Kentucky game was was lit. That one was really good in Nashville. But, man, that Wofford game, I don't feel like it's enough credit because, I mean, they gave they gave everything that, that you know, Kentucky wanted. And um, they answered, they, you know, they answered the bell. And you're right. I mean, he, everyone was terrified, you know, when they when they drew him. Uh, you know, likely second round matchup and lock them up. Yeah, I mean, lock them up big time. I think that dude is watching these NBA finals and still sweating and having <laughs> having nightmares about the time Tyler locked them up for four, 40 minutes. You know what I'm saying? So I think, I think, yeah, like you say, that definitely is an underrated game and underrated performance by Tyler. Hundred percent, yeah, and I think he's just going to continue to show, you know, the the facets of his game that I think people around Kentucky knew he had, but I'm not so sure that the rest of the country did. And man, again, kind of going back to what I said, just getting to know him a little bit, um, and you know how short removed that is to thinking how I mean he's well on his way to playing himself to a max contract like Bam, you know, as well. So good for him, man. Just such a good fit, and he's like the ultimate story of why you should come to Kentucky. I think, uh, you know, because, again, he, he got criticism for, for making that decision. It felt like he was the type of player that maybe didn't fit into the mold. And y'all do a good job with the men. So we can start wrapping it up. I'm going to try to get up here and get some rest in tonight. But we can hit our dad jokes. Um, mine sucks per usual, but let me see. All right, I'm gonna go, I'll am gonna go first, man, with my dad joke here. <laughs> so mine okay. is, my boss said, I find it highly suspicious that you are only sick on the weekdays. I replied, it must be my weakened immune system. I got one. My daughter actually told me to get out of her room when I said it to her. So this is a great dad <laughs> good, joke. Good, good. It's, um, what concert costs only 45 cent to attend? The 50 Cent Future and Nickelback. <laughs> I was I was going to go there. I almost had that one. It's someone I never get. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I could definitely see. Man, did your daughter probably, does she even know who 50 Cent is? Yeah, she knows who 50 Cent okay. is. Just because, um, you know, I mean, she hears uh, she hears dad working out in the, <laughs> the home gym. So I'm, I'm definitely listening to 50 Cent, T.I., uh, we're we're so the same age, man. Yeah, uh, many you know. men came on my playlist this morning when I was getting ready for work. So, yeah, that that's good stuff, man. Well, good, man, Rob. I can't thank you enough. We, uh, you obviously have some access to the program that no one else has, and I've always heard um, what a great person you are, first and foremost, which is what I always look for in inviting a guest on. And, you know, TJ just, you know, raved about, you know, you coming on and how well he thought you would do. So thanks for taking some time, man, and we'll definitely promise us you maybe catch up again during the season. Man, definitely. And I guess I must have I must have paid TJ off the right way for him to say those <laughs> wonderful things about me. All right, Rob. Well, thank you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, I appreciate it, boss. Can my boys come over tomorrow? Oh, no. Yes! We've got yes, son! Have- your boys can come over tomorrow. Can I also get the new Jordans coming out this Saturday? Maybe for your birthday. Quiet, woman! What the? Yes. Huh. 
Yes, you can get the new Jordans coming out on Saturday, son. Oh, my God. This is going to be your first pair of real kicks. Uh, Dad, are you crying? No. Okay. okay. I love you. Oh, my God.